There we go. And recording in progress. Thanks for that pop-up Zoom, you fucking shit program that I pay premium for, but I still get the pop-ups. So that's some bullshit. Fuck you, Zoom, your dirty Chinese company. And what better way to to segue into today's episode with Colonel Bennett? That is a smooth segue. It didn't even need didn't even need that. It's uh, you know, the explosive diarrhea today. You know, maybe that flows, and then maybe the maybe the smooth entrances also flow. Maybe it's like across the board, everything's flowing today for better, better or worse. Um, with that, Colonel Bennett, please introduce yourself. Um, well, I guess I have a, a little wrinkle uh, in my introduction for those that haven't uh, listened to the previous pods. Um, I am now the winner of the military fiction. Uh, was it the fire, the Firebird Book Award? So I'm now a Firebook Board. Firebird Book Award winner for the, the book you read first, actually, but it's the sixth, Brian War. So that's who I am. I'm a bad ass dude now. When did that happen? When did you get that award? I just got that, uh, just got it in the mail today. All um, right. Uh, it was, uh, I guess they, it took about a month and a half, two months, I guess, maybe, you know, judging and whatnot. Anyway. That's cool. uh, who am I? I, I? I'm I'm I am now a writer of books. That's what I am. Yeah, uh, yeah. For today, so is today a continuation of the last book? Then, because it seems I mean you you kind of go back to the kind of go back to the software being uploaded to the MRAPs. Um. So the book I think you read was the Zangerzer yep. campaign, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so, you know, if you start in the sequence on, on the MRAP thing, that process kind of starts in the third book, The Baltic Chain. So that's when Oblux goes in there and he's running all over the place and there's two hairy bastards in the back of the airplane with them and they get dropped off, yada, yada. Um, so that's where it starts. Um, and then books four and five, you, you, it, it is revealed what that obelisk character is actually doing. And he's doing it uh, to these MRAPs. And MRAP set number one goes to the uh, uh, west from Afghanistan to China. And book number five, today's topic, Zangazur campaign, the MRAP stuff goes to the east of Afghanistan to Iran. And that's the primary target subject, what have you, of this book. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, and I think we, we talked about it in one of the episodes. Fuck, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um there are actually several things going on at the same time. They are distinctly different books, but they are planned and occur in the same time frame. And you really kind of got to be really paying attention to all the books and all the plots and all the timelines to, to get that. But that is a truth. Um, to illuminate the, uh, the warlock, towards the end of this book, you kind of paint a, the picture of the warlock it's actually starting to take a heavy toll on them. Yes. Um, so thematically, um, across a couple of the books, starting in the second book, I uh, I pay or play an ode homage to people that get PTSD from their service. Uh, you know, generally speaking, the um, the GWAT, you know, the war on terrorism. Um, and of course, uh, people are aware or more aware uh, of soldiers that come back, their bodies are scarred and, and, and injured and whatnot. 
uh, and that's very visible and very easy. But you know, they also carry often, or at least some, uh, carry PTSD that is actually valid, not not horseshit PTSD, the real deal. Um, so in this particular example of the warlock who, although he had been previously a soldier in, in a prior life, um, as kind of this grand strategic mind in the background planning stuff, uh, he also is affected because he knows that uh, some of the stuff he is doing, although it might be good for the, the greater good, uh, has, has some moral um, uh, question. Uh, so he is impacted a little bit by the orders that he has given. He did not go out and do these things per se, but he, he writes the plans and he makes the things happen in this grand scheme and it is affecting him. So that's where that's going. And it kind of seems like he's not entirely sure the United States is going to make it. He's kind of going, well, now it's given us a chance, but only a chance. It's sort of this, it's well, that's, only turning into this like Hail Mary situation. That, that, that's that's reality. So, and you get it in the sixth book again, I guess. He has, he's, he's doing these, these plans um, outside of, quote, the president's foreign policy. Mm-hmm. Um, how, and and he rec- he's starting to recognize, and there's some other stuff where he, I think in this one, he talks, he, the, the, the warlock specifically, muses about how he has to kind of, although he wants to stay outside of domestic concerns, you know, his charter is outside Oconus, outside of the United States. He realizes how uh, intertwined they are. If if our domestic policy is out of whack and inconsonant, uh, it is unlikely that these stratagems that he pursues outside of the United States are going are, are going to be successful because they, they have to be kind of mutually supporting. They have to you know they have to be complementary in some way. And he recognizes in this particular case, in, the, in, in this administration, they're pursuing whatever the fuck they're pursuing that doesn't really help these things that he, the warlock, is pursuing. So he's, he's trying to set up the United States for success, but, you know, you know, there's an undertow that's pulling and pulling and pulling that certainly mitigates, at the very least, the things he does. So, you know, when I wrote this, Zangwizer, I'm thinking, man, there's some whoop-ass in that. You know, after Boomslang, where you're taking care of the Chinese, and now you're hitting this north-south logistics line, you know, to to kind of nip Russia and Iran in the bud. And you're like, man, that's pretty fucking badass, and that would that's the end of this shit. This shit's done. Put a fork in it. And then the reality is, he sets up um, the administration for success, and they bobble it. And so there's this this musing and contemplation of his is, I can only do so much. And if they don't take the victory when it's handed to them and do something with it, I have to start back at square one. And then you get Brian War. So so there, there's a little, uh, you know, there's a little reality kind of thrown in there. Um, these uh, plot lines, you know, these these attacks, these things that he's doing to 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 sever the ties between these these alliances, keeps getting undermined by the domestic stuff that's going on here in our country, or the direction that the leadership of our country is taking. And that's not to make this a self-licking ice cream cone forever and ever and ever. It's just, you know, that's kind of, that's reality. You know, you're doing this uh, action overseas, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's only going to be as good as, you know, the follow-on, you know, supporting 
uh, policies, et cetera, that you would pursue. And, and, you know, he's just kind of saying, Jesus, these guys are, I'm, I'm, I'm handing victory to them on a platter and they're just, you know, pushing it aside. Say, you know, I'm going to do my thing. Yeah. Good observation. It kind of makes me, I remember my uncle told me it was uh summer 2013. I just aced the MCAT. And I, but I was starting to have cold feet about medical school. And uh, he asked me why I was having cold feet. And I thought about it for like a day and got back to him with some answers. He was a surgeon. Mm-hmm. And like the next day he told me, he's like, well, it's a trick question. It's <laughs> the answer supposed to be, I don't have cold feet. And if your answer is anything but that, you shouldn't be going. Sure. I, was, I, was like, I agree with him. Yeah. I was like noted. And he goes, and furthermore, you can't dip your feet into private medical school. Because one year will set you back in an amount of money that will only ever be paid off in a remotely timely manner right. through a doctor's salary. Right. So right, right, right. he was like, you dip your foot in the quicksand, you got to go all the way. You got to go through it, right? If you find yourself in hell, you have to keep walking. He was like, you have to do it. And so ultimately, I decided not to. If the warlock is going to be intertwined only in foreign policy... You then have to examine. You have to walk that out and go the foreign, uh, foreign policy yeah. of the foreign policy of what? Well, of these nations that have this alliance that are against America. Okay, so so, you, so bear in mind that this is just the first campaign. Okay, but just so he's he has there's this alliance: Iran, China, right. Russia, whatever. He wants them going at each other, right? So right. he's. How does he do it? He starts fucking with their domestic. Their domestic affects how they act internationally. So the very logic that the things he does the best and that have the most uh, effect come from affecting the inner workings of a country and that then affects how they interact with each other and how you break alliances. If he's going to walk that logic out, the ultimate conclusion is is he has to act domestically in the United States, in my opinion. I, I hear you. Like I said, this is campaign number one. Yeah. Um, I have some unfinished business in this tranche, I guess is the word, of books. There will be a seventh book that goes kind of a different route, but whatever. Um, now, so that's iteration number one. You know, six, seven books, iteration number one. Iteration number two could be something entirely different. As you recall, as you read through these things, he him, he's questioning himself. He's musing. You know, saying, you know, should I really get involved in domestic shit? Ah, my charter says da 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 da. Well, you know, he may change his mind. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. Well, again, it's like um, and I had something very specific in mind, um. But I get to get through this other thing first. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you can look at like, um, in Germany, we were like, how about instead of blowing up every tank, we just blow up like the tank manufacturing factories? And then someone was like, why, why even do that? Let's just take out the main power source. And now, if you look at it on paper, you'd go, why are we bombing this power plant? We're only supposed to be taking out German tanks, and it's like. Well, let's walk it out. How serious about, about taking out German tanks are you? We're deathly serious. Well, this is how you take them all out. Yeah. But to a simple mind, you would go, no, you're attacking a power plant. It's like, yeah, no shit, I'm attacking a power plant. But like... The, 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 the only difference, I think, in that metaphor, analogy, whatever, um, that is a world war. Sure. Against a very clearly defined evil enemy, the Third sure. Reich. Sure. Um, in this particular case, this you know, any time covert at, and you talk to Ron the next time you talk to him about the third option, um, covert actions are kind of meant to be a little bit on the down low. You know, they're they're the cheap version. Um, you know, what I'm prescribing, you say starting the Baltic chain, you know, where you're you're taking out these ports and whatnot. You know, to 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 so frazzle Russia with all these uh, flare-ups 
you know, under their supervision. Um, and that was to prevent what's going on today in Ukraine. But okay, so again, the, the opportunity was 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 not taken advantage of fully, and you know, now here we are, we stand where we are. Um, uh, uh, but uh, you know what you're saying, um, you know, now you're getting to another level, you know, World War type stuff, and the level of commitment. Uh, you're no longer you've gone beyond you know small tiny subtle uh covert actions that that you, you know you're trying to leverage x country against y country and and, and not be attributed to as i i started that shit now now the interesting thing is uh, and, this, and this is not the first time it's happened but look what's going on in iran today i mean since zangazur is kind of um and you can tell by looking at the cover that's the Iranian flag it's it's kind of centered around the centerpiece of this particular book is 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 Iran um and again this is not the first time this has happened whereas the people of Iran are revolting quite you know vocally right now are they going to get crushed yep you know probably uh if if no one and and they're crying out say Hey, America, help us like you're helping Ukraine. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there is, you know, these sort of things happen, and there, there's an opportunity to go in, you know, un under the cover of, you know, whatever on the sly and help this resistance in Iran overthrow its own, overthrow its own government that they don't like, the mullahs. Um, it's not the first time this has happened. I think it happened last time. I think it was 2008 or 2009. You know, not quite to the level that it's at right now. And and they are. They're 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 crying out for help. They're like, hell, you're you're over there doing whatever in Ukraine. What about us? Help us get rid of this this government that we know you don't like. <clears throat> to to play devil's advocate, and I guess and, and double down on what I said about like the power plants is it makes me think of maybe like domino theory in the Vietnam war. And why mm -hmm. are we getting involved? Why are we losing 58,000 troops? And the idea is that it's preventing something much larger. Why are we going so balls into blockade Cuba? Because if we don't now it's going to turn into, it's going to turn the world into an ember. So I think, and again, this is in my, 32 years old, I have a biology degree and not in special forces or ground branch or whatever the fuck, to nobody's surprise. But if you're going to go do these, and it is to pit them against one another, you have to walk it out and go, why are we pitting them against one another? Well, what happens if we don't? X years down the road, we're going to get Y, and Y is a global war. So so long as anything you're doing is is avoiding the global war, I would argue that in sort of a cold calculus, you then have to say, yeah, any expenditure short of that is better at preventing that. You'd rather use the ounce of prevention. Yeah. And, and I, I know and I know we're talking about a fictional book, but nonetheless, is I think it walks out to if you, you have to walk out these 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 paths of logic and all possible and all I'll possible paths. I'll tell you what's interesting to me. The people today in the United States that are just frothing at the mouth to let's get it done, let's get it done, stand with Ukraine, is the same people that were in code pink in 2004. Oh, it's it's it's, it's insane. I mean, we're on we're we're upside down. We're in the world of upside down. And conversely, a lot of the folks, you know, not necessarily neocons. But, you know, take a look at the the military veteran community that are veterans of the global war on terror. Mm -hmm. More than half, I would say, but you know, just say half, um, are pretty vehemently against the United States getting involved in yeah. other, other affairs. Across the board, they are. So so it's kind of a mess is, is, is the point. Um, so to go anything further than than. Uh, covert type stuff at this point um 
who knows? And, and the other point um, in my world view of, of this book series is I, you know, I'm, I'm going to call a victory uh, if the United States increases its economic um, power. Sure. I mean, right now, I mean, that's kind of, you know, I, um, and I said in other shows, I, I personally am not, and I, and I don't uh, believe that regime change is something to pursue. Yeah. I know it. I know it's not effective, without a doubt, and it it always ends up costing us a whole hell of a lot more than anything we get out of it anyway. Because we never pick the right. Yeah. You know, we end up picking some loser who's a who who's a jerk, just like the the other guy. So I don't care about regime change. I don't. I'm not trying to get regime change. What I'm trying to do is kick them to the curve economically. Mm-hmm. You know. So I mean, you know, that's kind of an objective big picture of the series. Um, but uh, what did you just say? Oh, it's funny. You, you mentioned power. I mean, literally, you know, power stations, et cetera, you know, that was kind of featured again. It, it's not the same scale that you're talking about, but the, you know, the Voroton cascade, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, <laughs> it, I would say uh, I'd love to have doctrine writers at SWIC, Special Warfare Center and School, John F. Kennedy's Special Warfare Center School. You know, the guys that teach the Special Forces um, instruction, the class, you know, the to get the Green Beret, to get tabbed NSF. SWIC's a, SWIC is the schoolhouse that does that. I'd love to have some of those guys read the series and say, okay, read it. And you tell me if this would be useful to teach the doctrine of unconventional warfare. Mm-hmm. And I would tell you, since I, one, I worked in doctrine at SWIC, and 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 two, I'm a graduate of the, you know, what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, it, it act, you know, and that's where I got it from. It's not like I thought this shit up on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seemed to me to be a perfect. Uh, bunch of books for for those kind of folks to 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 uh integrate into the curriculum mm-hmm. you know it, it you know because it you know there's just a whole lot of little tiny detail you know how did i come up with that vort if you study the soviet union and you've got armenia and you've got azerbaijan which is featured pretty heavily the friction between those two um you know, in, in Zangazur, it's featured, that's kind of the point. Well, those were satellite um, uh, entities of the Soviet, you know, the previous Soviet Union, and then they broke up. Well, all the infrastructure that was built under the guise of the Soviet Union, you know, now, it, you know, th- that, 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 uh, 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 you know, water, what do we call that? Hy- hydropower all all that stuff um now it's in armenia and you know they are um to make money Ar- armenia is very excuse very very poor uh it, but you know to one thing they can export is the electrical power that comes out of all those hydroelectric plants and they pipe it down to our friends in iran which then becomes you know a means to affect you know, the nuclear uh, production of stuff in Iran in the book. Um, but just just the idea of, of Armenia was under the Soviet Union, yada, yada. I mean, there's all these little uh, cultural kind of uh, historical things that are being used to create these wedges between Iran, Russia, Turkey, the whole thing. So yeah, I just think it would be an interesting kind of a case study for, for those kind of guys. And they, and they, they, they literally could adopt this and say, okay, Hey officers go read these books. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess my logic about all this is, is more so it's, it's, it's less about the, the literal power plants, which I know ironically did talk about in Zangazer campaign. And the uh, 
in the ports and the the Python and C plus plus code and fucking with everything they're doing. I'm looking at more in terms of just like like metaphorically the logic of you know trying again we're not doing regime change it's about bolstering ourselves economically and kicking them to the curb if we're it's more it's it's about the most efficient not literal literally and figuratively the most energy efficient thing what can you know what covert action can you do which bolsters us the most and hurts them the most and it's not occupying their country it's giving us an economic advantage and and hurting them economically you then have to would you then have to eventually examine the table and go i can do all the mischievous things in the world i can fuck with everything and every rare earth mineral port and electricity generating turbine and whatever if we have an administration which is hell-bent on destroying the united states it doesn't matter how many platters of success you you serve up to them they're just going to keep flipping the platter in your face eventually the warlock's own rationale would have to say there's an 800 pound gorilla in my mind and it's getting involved domestically because it's it doesn't matter how much money you put in the bank account if the bottom of the piggy bank's broken and it's all just falling out like i said keep keep an eye out i know and i'm i know and i'm going to continually just push you <laughs> i'm going to continually push you to have the warlock act domestically uh, i think you'll be surprised I've got, I've got something very, very evil in mind. When are we going to be looking at that book then? Uh, um, I know you're. I know you're going into hibernation mode. Or well, not hibernation. You're. 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 I'm going into ski mode. Ski mode. Hibernating from writing. Hibernating um, from... So hopefully the yeah you know, I'll be in Whistler for for five months, um, and then you know long drive back, all that. But I'm hoping to knock out this other book in that period of time. So it'll say next summer ish, you know, then I'll start this whole other uh, line of thought. Um, and, 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 and there's, there's a couple of things. I, I've got some other people involved, maybe writing pieces. Um, so kind of a joint author with another author. Um, as well as there's another guy who probably won't write anything, but I'm going to be bouncing some ideas off of him when I go to uh, Montana on the 30th. So there's, there's stuff is percolating, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. In terms of our real world, we'll step away from the, the fiction for a second. Where do you see and predictions are meaningless because none of them are ever ever truly that accurate. But as it is October 19th, 2022, mm. where do you see this war going? Is it just every week? Is it just going to be another $10 billion for Ukraine? Well, Slavia, Ukraine? This war being the Ukraine. The Ukraine, Russia. I mean, are we just going to keep circling right. each other and dumping unlimited funds in the Ukraine? Does it come well, I mean, we, I've talked to it in, in, in different forms. You were we're kind of uh, we the United States we um, we're on some thin ice uh, in advocating this this you know U UW writ large kind of deal with you know we're, it's proxy war through the Ukrainians is that's exactly you know that's what we're U doing UW uh, unconventional warfare gotcha UW. Um, uh, this is, you know, uh, UW is not meant for this scale. Uh, I'll just tell you that right now. Uh, we did this kind of thing um, in Afghanistan, you know, 70s, early 80s. Uh, again, not it's not the same scale. I mean, the, the amount of money we're you know we're getting high mars we're giving this we're giving it's kind of crazy um but to, to answer the question of where do i think this is going uh here's the unfortunate um truth as i believe it um putin's just not going to give up he's no, just not going to quit yeah um he is really kind of extended you know, the peace thing. And Zelensky said, fuck you. You know, we're not going to surrender anything. 
you know, the reality, let's get back to reality, uh, more likely than not, Zelensky is going to give up some land, you know, Crimea, you know, Donbass, whatever. I, I don't know. And there were opportunities to do this earlier, and there were opportunities to do it in like the last month after this last, you know, counteroffensive. But uh, Zelensky's, well, you know, we're, we're going full out until we kick them all out. Um, you know, so that leads me to believe this is just going to drag out a very long time, uh, particularly as winter sets in. And I'm not the only guy saying this. There's just bajillions of people saying it. The winter is going, you know, is going to make a lot more decisions uh, on how this thing goes and where it goes than pretty much anything else. Um you know, if there's no fuel in Europe, you know, if there's massive shortages in France and, and, and France is having uh, 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 a lot of protests in Paris, yada, yada. Um, as the Europeans that are supposedly behind Zelensky and, you know, we're in your corner, NATO, uh, as, as, as the news tightens around, you know, Zelensky's allies and that pressure gets exerted by the people of France against Macron or the people of, of Great Britain against uh, whatever her name is um, in Prince Charles, hey, uh, things are going to change. You know, their, quote, commitment to this might change hugely. And there mm -hmm. will be some kind of pressure to capitulate. So, you know, we'll see. Um, or this is just going to be some fucking long long protracted uh stalemate you know the uh uh all that russian oil that was sanctioned yada 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 well who bought it well china bought it mm. well, who's selling oil to germany etc china you know there's a lot of things that are going on that i mean you just can't you know quote calculate in a conventional sense it was not accounted for in this whole Thing. And I don't think the, the Biden administration has really come to grips with all these factors. Um, so the, the, it ain't over. It ain't going to be over very quickly unless something absolutely, you know, not nuclear war, but unless something absolutely radical happens. Yeah, that's one thing I've been thinking is like, how much longer is this going to go on? And there's just almost sort of this like dark humor of like, what did we do last summer? We pulled out. How long were we there? 20 years. You're talking Afghanistan. Yeah. And I just had me thinking like, why in God's name? That's like finishing a marathon in five hours. And then your friend starts a marathon and an hour in you go, how much longer am I going to be here? And it's like, I would imagine from your own experiences, four more hours. It's like, we're watching this and it's like, how much longer is this going to go on? It's like, ah, I mean, I don't know if if we're if we're now, wins to be tapping the so, clock. So <laughs> to also, you know, throw into this big equation, how long? Um, well, we have midterms coming up. It's possible. I'm I'm not saying yes or no. It's possible that the Republicans take a significant uh, uh, lead, you know, across Congress. And that they defund this. They say, no, you know, time's up for money. However, comma, you know, there's about a jillion Republicans that are staying with Ukraine. So it's it's not, you know, completely bipolar. Democrats are for, Republicans are against. Yeah. Now, with that said, again, you know, it, you know, we'll see what happens. If we really go into recession hard. And that sort of thing, you know, Americans are going to start saying, well, wait a minute, what are we doing? And that, never mind the fact that we're, you know, $31 trillion in debt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small detail, hardly worth mentioning. I don't, yeah, don't, yeah. don't ruin a good Wednesday. So, um, you know, you know, who knows? We'll see uh, how we proceed. You know, if there's a change of guard in Congress, that, that, that might be enough to kind of nudge us away. Yeah. I, I don't think so currently but two years from now you know after a full-blown recession and we start looking at a different president perhaps that again that's that's a whole different scenario so yeah. this you know i would say probably the uh, unless something really drastic happens 
because of this winter, you know, if Europe folds and, and says, sorry, sorry, Ukraine, you're on your own, you know. Um, so that's that's a big thing just all by itself. That's a possibility that could shorten the lifetime of this war uh, yeah. or, or, or bring them to the table, you know, to negotiate. Right. Uh, the next thing is maybe the U.S. Congress changing the guards and then just come out and saying, OK, we, we withdraw our support. We you know, and I'm not really sure I see that happening, but that that's a possibility. So that's another, you know, six months down the road sort of thing that possibly could change the, the, the trajectory. And then the next the, the last one is whether or not we go into we go into recession uh, and then we're staring at a different president. And that and that could just be the they're done, you know, yeah, just fuck off. Yeah, I mean that's possible. You know, I hate to say it, we'll see. You know, we're watching it, but right now everyone is staying with Ukraine and you know all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, China moving on Taiwan? Do you think that would bolster our involvement? Do you think we would hightail it out of Ukraine to Taiwan, or do you think we'd wash our hands of all of it? Do you think we'd pull in NATO and say we got to defend Ukraine and Taiwan? Uh, so, so the unfortunate thing is, I mean, you already have. Um, words being spoken coming out of our our government that lead you to believe that they can do both. They can do everything. They can do all things. They can do all things equally well. That's not true, but that's the words that will come out. And the words that will come out is, yes, we're also going to stand, you know, plus also going to stand behind Taiwan. Yeah, and eventually, U.S. taxpayers are going to say, you know, no mas. You know, fucking tap out. I'm done. Is they, you know, my children's children, children, children can't can't afford this in 600 years. I, in my limited experience on this earth, obviously, I'm speaking from that. I honestly think they've kind of hit a sweet spot. I think so long as we're not sending over American men and women. I think most people are okay with it because the numbers are so ridiculous with debt anyway. A lot of people, and not everyone, I mean, I, I can't speak for everyone. How the fuck would I know? But a lot of people just write it off as like, whatever. Slava, Slava, change my profile it, picture. It appears, it appears, it appears that's the case. So I'm not sure if it's going to be the taxpayer saying stop it. I think so long as people don't have to send their wife or husband or son or daughter over to Taiwan or Ukraine, yeah. I yeah, think you, most people might don't right. give a shit. You might be right. Cause, I, I think because because any of the the uh, the financial consequence can just be deferred. It's it, uh, it's, it's not I mean, it's not real. It's just it, yeah, its numbers. It's, 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 it's an abstraction. Yeah, thirty trillion, thirty one trillion dollars in debt is an abstraction. People just not paying any. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean anything. We'll just like, keep printing money and everything's good. No one cares about the the monet. They do, but they don't care care about the monetary cost of Iraq and Afghanistan. It's it's their where remains of men and women coming home, right? PTSD, actual injury, and then of course death. That's real, right? It's not an abstraction. I think so long, and it's a dark thing to say, but I think so long as we don't send over men and women over there, I yeah, think most people will change a profile picture, change a a yeah. Twitter hashtag. Aside from that, they're going to go about their day. I, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, all I'm saying is, I personally think eventually, at some point, this this it's stuff has to break. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 got to come to to an end. Someone will pick up the mantle, even if it's for their own gain, to go. Well, I'm going to get into the Senate and just say we're spending this much money. So it might not even be for like good reasons. Someone will eventually use that that right. information asymmetry and go. Right. We're using all this money here. And someone's gonna go, yeah, hey, yeah, sure, I'll vote for that guy. Cause... Well, you see, you see, this is why I, I, I only am delving in, in, in fiction. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little easier. Yeah. Um, you know, as a writer, I, I have thought about kind of addressing some of these other little elements, and you know, next thing you know, I've got a thousand-page fucking War and Peace kind of thing, and I don't think I'm quite up to that. Um, I think you know if I really covered all the bases, um, you know the books themselves, 
would be, you know, Red Storm Rising, each one. Yeah. It'd be massive. Crazy. I think you should... I think it would be an interesting... uh, My favorite, like, writing assignment throw is about, like, defending a thesis you don't necessarily believe in because those really force you to to stretch your either your logic or your bullshit abilities regardless and then there's or 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 at least to suppress your personal bias sure either way it's either you either have to confront your own opinion on it and go am i actually wrong maybe this is right or you have to go how well can i just shut the fuck up and write because you do have that incentive the a so you're like you're like ultimately i actually don't give a shit about you know it's like uh like, I think weed should be legal. I have to write a paper on why weed shouldn't be legal. Although I don't agree with that, I'm also trying to get into medical school. I don't give a shit about this random fucking class. Yeah, fuck it. I'll, I'll write it. If you smoke weed, you're going to rape a baby. Like, I don't give a shit. You kind of see you know, how much you're, are you willing to defend your opinion or... You, you, you realize this is what lawyers do for a living. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so, so, so this is kind of... I was thinking, like, you, you could write, like, a... I think it'd be interesting to kind of write a story on why the warlock had JFK popped and you'd have to explain it why they made the best move. And then you could maybe almost defend why we are actually better off because that's not something I agree with at all, but it would be interesting if you, I already already, already have something very much in mind. (laughs) I think it would be interesting if you could, because that would just be a fascinating, uh, you know, it's like we we've seen every war movie ever. Like Man in the High Castle is fascinating because it's someone at least entertaining what happens if the Axis won. Because it's hard to enter. You go, well, they're evil. I know they are. Let's see how creative you are. And yeah. not not you, Mister Ben. I just mean like you in general. And it's fascinating to watch those things. Or you know, uh, for all mankind, the Soviets beating us to the moon. But America won. Of course we did. But in terms of like fiction and whatever, an HBO series. Let's see how well you can write. And there's sort of a, a playfulness there. I think it would be fascinating if you could, one, have like a warlock reason why we have to kill JFK and then go one step even farther. And then like decades later, don't even have him be like it was a mistake. Have him be like, it's still the right move. That would be badass. You'd probably ruffle some feathers, but I think that'd be a badass book. <laughs> I don't know. Well, um, so I take it you like this one too. Let me see. You've you've read everything but the first, correct? The very first, correct. Um, so the the intent really I, I started to do with number two, that is actually here's your warlock concept. It's explained. Mm-hmm. Doink. So two through six, you know, there's all this warlockian activity that goes on as as we've talked ad nauseum, I guess. Um, I guess the question I ask you, did you did you find any um, at least major inconsistencies? Did you find any things that didn't fit, you know, timeline wise or I think there is a potential for an inconsistency. Uh-huh. I know I've hammered on it ten times already this episode. The warlock, as with all things, you eventually build up tolerances and calluses to things. I think the warlock not acting domestically would be me calling a red flag. Because for right or wrong, eventually this guy is just going to become callous to the things. Right? It's like the you, you read journals about like the SS guards. And it's like early on, like from the first day of work and like shooting Jews, they were throwing up by year five. They didn't give a shit. There is just a for right or wrong the human mind will protect itself. It's a form of protection. I think eventually you get a warlock that goes, yeah, I don't give a fuck, you know, bomb this building, change the, you know, sway the election. And that could be, I mean, that could be like a death knell for America. It could be a warlock gone mad thinking he's doing the right thing. But I think the warlock, I'm just going to say it ain't over yet. I'm I'm just making sure to hammer down my points so that <laughs> somewhere I'm I'm burying a splinter subconsciously in you, somewhere deep down. Well, that, that, that's what I'm trying to tell you. I mean, I I'm by trying to time, use some MK Ultra shit on you. I haven't the, figured out a trigger word. By the word time yet. I got to the fourth book, I really you know, I, and I stayed in there. He's kind of wrestling with this. You know, should I be fucking around with domestic stuff? You know, because it 
you know, by not having their stuff fit with my stuff, my stuff doesn't work as well. So he's come to the realization that, uh, you know, his policy pursuits uh, are rendered um, less effective, if, if not ineffective. Yeah. It, it's usually just a matter of time before things just kind of come back around. Okay, we're, we're not really at square one, but I, I have to attack this problem again a little sure. more vigorously. Um, so th there's hints in there. And, you know, starting at four and I think four, five and six, there's just, you know, a couple of little paragraphs. It's, it's not like I, I pound the shit out of this over and over. Uh, but I, I, would, I would tell re readers if, if they do buy. And of course, I, I uh, would like them to buy the books and read them. So buy they, the books, you dirty commies. You know, so they know what the hell we're talking about, I guess. Um, they, you really have to pay attention. There's there's a lot of little things in there. There's really not a lot of wasted, you know, I don't, I mean, I do have some nice love scenes, you know, that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. right? um, um, but uh, uh, everything kind of has a purpose and it's going somewhere, whether it's, if I, if I introduce something in book three, you may not really see it kind of come, come fully around until five, maybe mm -hmm. six. You know, so nothing is wasted. It, it's it's all there for some kind of reason. And so with that in mind, you know, so an example of that is you have this uh, chip manufacturer, ASML, that, that, that you know, Obelisk and, 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 and Emerson and, and the Warlock recognize is key terrain. So there's a, there's a military term called key terrain. And, it, it, you know, you, 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 you attack an objective because it's key, key terrain. And, you know, once upon a time uh, in a conventional war, you know, Hill 237 was key terrain, you know, relative to the surrounding area. Today, everything's a little more flaky. You know, key terrain might be uh, Vladimir Putin, right? You know what I mean? So key terrain is kind of loosely defined it, relative it, to the problem set. It might be Twitter. Yes. It might Anything be... like that. Might be lithium. Could, could could be a, a whole whole different way, um, but um, uh, fuck, what was I talking about? It lost me. I lost myself. Warlock acting domestically, splintering your brain. MK Ultra. <laughs> that's your. <laughs> well, that's the things I said. I can't remember your fucking what eyes. I, I don't remember. I, I, that's what I remember. Uh, anyway, um. It, yeah, so so I do introduce the idea, not that he's necessarily doubting himself and he's not doubting his abilities. He's just kind of, you know, he's he's regimented. He's, he's, he's dumping water out of a boat, but there's a well, hole no, in the boat. He's, he's, he's kind of regimented. You know, this is the charter that I have. You know, this is this is my mandate. I'm supposed to do this. With all that said, he's kind of coming around and saying, well, you know, the, the charter is is not serviceable for mm -hmm. my design. Uh, and, you know, so maybe something else will be done in some other fashion. So, you know, I, I, I leave those things kind of open um, for a reason, for the reader to kind of come to those conclusions themselves. And they're like, okay, uh, got it. So, yeah, AS, ASML is a, is a solid... I introduce it just as here's this objective out there. If we can control the machines that make semiconductor mm -hmm. integrated circuit chips, you know, that run every fucking thing in the world. If we can kind of get in there and hack into that, we will then therefore be able to control all kinds of shit. Yeah. I mean, so, and, you know, you get a little bit, in one book and then it, it gets mentioned again you know obviously they've been kind of still moving the ball forward you know they're going to do something at the right time and then you know we're going to we're going to do something on asml that's a concrete example of you know you have a, a, a little plot line that is introduced and then it gets teased a little bit more in the next one and then oh here it is in book six Here's the fucking hammer. The hammer comes down. Yeah. Same idea with the the, the uh, to answer your question with with the uh, warlock musing about 
his future kind of deal. Same, um, same idea. Yeah. Um, we got, we got to wrap this one up. I got, I got a <laughs> guess waiting, but I wanted to say, um, it's just food for thought. It would kind of like the whole, you know, it's a trick question. If you're going to go to medical school, the only way to pay off the debt is with the, the salary. I think ultimately it would be interesting to see a, where the warlock goes, the warlock might say like the, the charter is so powerful that it also means usurping the charter. It's a warlocking thing is to just be like, this was, this, this is what needs to be done. Fuck off with your stipulations. And then you could flesh that out one step further. And does it lead to the demise of America? And then is that representative of that's why we don't have one man rule or does it then maybe poke a hole in the fundamental value of a Republic and go one man rule saved it. What was it that he was saving a Republic, which itself is there's a contradiction there. So one man either saves a Republic. Why one man rule is clearly better or one man rule in an attempt to save a Republic would actually destroy it and thus proving the value of a Republic. But that's kind of some weird like logic chain. If A equals B, just B equals C. I think I've lost far too many fluids through my ass today to be thinking logically. Um, and I need to go shit before I have on this next guy. <laughs> so I, I will say food for thought, but that's not really quite food for thought. Uh, Gatorade. The turn, the turn of phrase based on your dysentery. <laughs> dysentery for thought. Gator electrolytes for thought. Yeah. Um, but uh, either, way, either way, tell tell everyone buy the books. Buy the fucking way. books. Don't be tell, a tell, don't be tell a. Me like them. Tell them. Tell them you think the books are awesome. The books are fantastic. I wouldn't keep having you on if I didn't love the books. So go buy the books and figure out what the warlock's doing because these may be a a guidance manual for special forces one day. So you're getting a you're getting a uh you're getting a spoiler alert for the next twenty years of geopolitics potentially. You and, go, it's all and, fucking written there. And, and I'm a Firebird Book Award winner. So, for Christ's sake, what else do you need? What else do you need? It's what yeah. else? That's the final. That is the Warlockian stamp of approval. That is a a, a waived, unacknowledged uh, book approval program. Okay, so and I if, have work. I have work to do. You got I get work it. to do. I get all it. right. Tell me to stop being a slacker. I got work to do. Yeah. I was gonna say that, but I mean, I'll I'll be I'll be hard on you if you like. I'll I'll fight you, and. uh <laughs> Colonel Bennett, thank you so much. We got to wrap yes, this one up. Uh, I'll text it to you when it's up, and I uh, look forward to the next one. And I am going to read the first book. I think we should okay. do an episode on that. Um, but okay. I'll message you later, and we'll work all that shit out. All right. All right. All right, man. God bless. Thank you so much. God bless America.